This is Shortening the Bench, a production of the Getting Bullied Podcast in partnership with phillyisflyer.com. That is right. This is Shortening the Bench. I'm your host, Mark Gino. Shortening the Bench essentially is your stopgap between getting bullied episode and getting bullied episode right smack dab in the middle. And that's where we are right now, keeping everybody in the loop, keeping everybody interested. And of course, follow Getting Bullied on Twitter at underscore Getting Bullied. Follow the mothership, phileasflyer.com, and they're at phileasflyer. And uh, see all the goings on, all the wonderful readings and the wonderful personalities of the Phileas Flyer crew. So obviously, we sit here, this is a Sunday, we sit... um, Less than a day, less than 24 hours away from the NHL trade deadline. Everyone's fired up. Everyone is, you know, on Twitter, breaking their thumbs, refreshing the feed to see, did something happen either in the NHL as a whole or here with the Flyers? Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news to everybody, but I don't see and I don't think the Flyers will be making any kind of move ahead of the deadline. Um, I just think that, and we talked about it on Getting Bullied, and Dan Silver, my partner in crime over there, said it best. Um, I just don't think that Ron Hextall is comfortable or wants to trade any more picks than he already had to. The move to get Peter Morazic was a move that he felt he had to make. He said in the quote, that it was unfair to it would have been unfair to not bring in a NHL caliber goalie to this team with all that they've done this year with all that they've accomplished so he felt a necessity to trade those picks to Detroit to get Morazic i don't think that he's going to do any more of those you know short term rental player type moves where they have to give up draft picks or prospects there's names being floated out there that I just think are unrealistic to think that the Flyers are going to be in conversations with, especially, and I don't know how serious people are when they say it on Twitter, when they throw the name like Eric Carlson out there. That's just, it. it's mind-blowing to think that there's people out there that think that the Flyers are going to make a move for Eric Carlson. And if they did, I would be the most shocked human being on the face of this planet because it's just so far-fetched to me to even think that that's something they would do. Carlson, yes, a great, great player, top three, five defensemen in the entire league, but you have to look at how the Flyers are set up from that blue line. All of the young uh, players, all the young prospects that they've accrued and they've just invested so much time in already that Eric Carlson is going to be a UFA at the end of the year, because that means they're going to have to re-up him. Eric Carlson's going to make... I don't know, $10, $12 million a year. That's $10, $12 million that the Flyers do not have to pay Eric Carlson and still be able to pay the other players that they need to pay because eventually Provorov's going to need a contract. Simmons is floating out there. Will they, will they not sign him? There's other players on this team that, you know, the goalie situation, are you going to sign Mrazek or not? The Flyers don't have really the cap flexibility just yet to be 
adding a player of Carlson's caliber and his high price that will be coming with him, they're just not in that position right now. And they are so they have such a dearth of talent and youth at the blue line that it almost seems foolish to think that they would go and trade picks and prospects and you know, tie up all this money in one player when you ha- already have, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that anybody that they have on the roster or down in the with the Phantoms or anybody coming up through juniors or anything is, you know, going to be on a level of Eric Carlson. The one who may, you know, who has that ability to hit that upper echelon of defensemen in the league, and we're talking a couple years down the road, may be considered one of the top three to five best defensemen in the league, is Ivan Provorov. But they have different games. You know, a a Shane Gossespierre is more like Eric Carlson from the whole, you know, from just an offensive standpoint. They could create offense as well as, you know, a lot of forwards on their own teams. And look, Ottawa is, they're, they're in a position of rebuild at this point. You know, they made it to the uh, to the conference finals last year, and I don't think they expected to have the season like they've had already, but they're going to want a lot. For a guy like Eric Carlson, for a guy that it looks like, you know, could be, uh, you know, reaching out and exploring the free agent market, if they're going to trade him, they're not going to do it for, you know, one or two picks and a prospect. They're going to do a lot. And you see some of the moves that have already went down in the league, Boston paid a king's ransom for Rick Nash and Pittsburgh wheeling and dealing bringing Broussard in so teams like Pittsburgh and teams like the the Bruins more so than any all that they gave up for Rick Nash all that they traded to the New York Rangers for Rick Nash it's it makes it so difficult not only for the Flyers if the Flyers wanted to make a move but some of these other teams out there that are trying to get their team um you know, trying to trying to build up the talent for the playoff run, which, I mean, obviously the Bruins and the Penguins are not thinking about the future. They're thinking about the here and now. From Pittsburgh's perspective, they are at the point in time where it's, okay, eventually, in the not-so-too-distant future, Malkin and Crosby aren't going to be here. They're not getting any younger. Crosby's been getting beat up the last couple of years, the concussions and everything like that. Um, so they're thinking, you know, they've already won two in a row. They want a third. They want a fourth in a row. So they're going for it. You understand that from the perspective of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Bruins, you know, not the greatest of seasons last year and an unsuspected really great season that they're in the midst of right now. So they see it as we have caught lightning in a bottle, essentially. We don't know what we're going to be next year. We don't know what we're going to be the year after. So let's go for it. Let's go all in. A very Philadelphia Eagles-like mindset from the Boston Bruins. We don't know. We didn't expect to be here this soon, but we're going to go for it because you these opportunities to win championships don't come around every year. And the Bruins especially have screwed up royally this trade market with all that they gave to the Rangers. And they're going for it. And I love the tweets out there. The tweets out there are hilarious about the uh, the Bruins being the best team in 2009. <laughs> Bringing in Rick Nash. They also signed Brian Gianta for, you know, the rest of the season. Uh, you know, so I don't really know what that 
how much that helps them. It's more of a veteran leadership thing, I guess. Um, but you know, that's that's on them. And they're ha- like I said, they're having a great season. They're second place in their division, so they're making a strong run at this thing. And so that's a, that another thing that goes into this with these tr- this trade market is so skewed right now because of moves like that that the Flyers to get anybody of real value, uh, somebody of real talent and a solid skill set, they would have to give up a good bit. The name of Vander Kane is being floated out there. He's in the last year of his deal. Now, would I want Vander Kane? I see the people out there that say no because, you know, he's a head case, he's a pain in the ass in the locker room and all and stuff like that. Well, you'd have to you have to look at it as, you know, a guy in the last year of his deal like Kane is – if there's not that much, it all depends what you give up for him. And Buffalo's probably going to want a pretty good haul, so it's all price relative. And there's going to have to be draft picks involved in that move. And that's why I don't think that move happens either. Ron Hextall's not going to go out and give the Buffalo Sabres po- prospects and picks to get a Vander Kane, a guy that he might not even want to sign. He's not going to make... And that's what he said this entire time since he came in here as general manager. He's not going to make a long-term decision for the short-term goal. And that's a long-term decision. If you're bringing in a guy like Evander Kane with all of his problems, with all of his issues, with all of his attitude, you have to be damn sure that this is a guy that you want to sign at the end of this season. And... I don't think I don't think and look, Evander Kane has talent. Evander Kane can put the puck in the net. Currently has 20 goals, 20 assists. So, I mean, automatically you'd be bringing in another 20 goal scorer onto this team. And that's not something that can be scoffed at. That's not something that most teams would pass up. But a team like the Flyers that is so well set up for the future. They're so rich in talent and prospects in uh, draft picks, that's not a move that I see Ron Hextall making just to add a guy for this playoff run. And I think Ron Hextall is just happy with what they have right now. The move, I, if wasn't for the goalie injuries, I don't even think the Morazic move would have been made. It most likely would not have. If Neuvers didn't go down, Peter Morazic's not here. He's probably somewhere else because Ron Hextall is not giving up those picks to bring in a guy when he already had what would have been two healthy goalies. But, you know, injuries change things in all of sports, and you saw what happened there. Neuwirth went down, and he had to make a move. He had to. But he doesn't have to make the move for Evander Kane or Eric Carlson or really anybody else. You know, if it's a if it's a low-level move, you're giving up, sixth-round pick for somebody, fifth-round pick, but then is it even worth it at that point? Because you're going to get probably the same type of player as a Yuri Latera or a Philpilla or something like that. There's not, You're not going to get a whole hell of a lot for a lower-round pick. So the impact move that everybody wants to see happen, that everyone expects to see, isn't going to be. I really honestly believe that what you see in front of you, when you look at the Flyers roster, is exactly what it's going to be for the remainder of the season and into the playoffs. They have guys, and if there, God forbid, is another injury, they have talented players with the Phantoms they can bring up. They have, I really believe, that they think 
that they have enough talent in place in house to um, put into the lineup should anything happen. And Ron Hextall, he's a smart guy. We've seen it. We see all the stuff he does, and essentially. The picks that he traded, with all the conditions involved, the, he, you know, becomes a third or a second round pick, and those aren't. So that means that he cannot trade those picks that would that may come up if the conditions of the conditional picks come up. So if the Flyers make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, then that becomes a second round pick that they have to trade. So that means that the Flyers can't trade their 2018 second round pick. Because if the conditions go through, the Flyers make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, they have to give that pick to Detroit. So they're already, they don't have as full an arsenal as it may look they have on paper. This is the team that you're rolling with. And right now, this is, you should be happy about that. This team has won, has recorded a point, excuse me, in each of their last 11 games. They've, they've lost one of those, and it was in the shootout. They are playing off the charts good. And a guy like Evander Kane, with his problems, with his attitude, is that a guy that you want to put in there in this short window where everyone needs to be together, everybody needs to be on the same page for this common goal, for this playoff push? Is that a risk that you want to take? Because I don't think it is. I think Ron Hexall is thrilled with the mentality in the locker room. You heard Dave Hextall. I believe it was after the Ottawa game, you know, he brought up how proud he was of his guys during the 10-game losing streak and how they never wavered, their confidence never wavered. So this this is, they're happy with what they have, they're happy with where they are, they're happy with their guys, and they're not going to jeopardize that and jeopardize future picks for a guy that could end up being a problem for them and a guy that they may have to invest money in down the road. That's, I mean, it, look, we haven't really had exciting trade deadlines in the last couple of years, and we're probably not going to have one this year either. It's not going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting for everybody else. The league is going to be, well, you're, you've already seen it, all the moves that are being made already, uh, just league-wide. Teams are gearing up for what's going to be a great playoffs. The, you know, the Penguins and the Bruins and there's other teams out there making these moves that are that these teams are saying we're going for it now. And, you know, we're going to mortgage our future for the sake of right now because we want a Stanley Cup. And that's what they're doing. They're going for it. The Flyers are in a fantastic position. The Flyers are probably in the best position of any team in the league going beyond this year. Because you see what this team is doing right now. You see what this team has become without the the big star player that everybody wanted, and me included. You know, I thought this team was dead in the water at the beginning of the year. I thought that they needed a strong, solid, professional goal scorer. And I've been proven wrong all season. A lot of the naysayers have been proven wrong all season. And they're going to keep proving us wrong. And they're going to take this thing into the playoffs. And I said... On the podcast last week, I think it's the second. I think they're I think they're out in the second round because I think now that these there's other teams in the league are doing what the Flyers aren't prepared to do. They're going out and getting all these top end players, top end goal scorers. So 
the conference just got a lot tougher to deal with. The division got a lot tougher to deal with with that Pittsburgh trade. So I think, you know, it, it all it all depends on how the seeding breaks down. If they end up playing Pittsburgh in the first round or the second round, it's going to be a tough matchup. So they just have to keep stockpiling as many points as they can and just keep climbing the ladder to uh, to try to get that first um, that first seed in the Metropolitan Division. So we're going to update the standings before we get out of here because this is a sprint show. You don't want to hear me talk for too long by myself. As it stands right now, Sunday the 25th, Washington, who won last night, take, uh, went ahead back up into first place, 77 points. The Flyers and Penguins tied with 76, just below that. And looking ahead for the Flyers' schedule this week, they have they are at Montreal on Monday, which is tomorrow. So, you know, all the excitement around the trade deadline, and we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. I don't anticipate anything, but we'll see. So they're at Montreal uh, tomorrow night. I think that's a win. Then they have, they're have they off a couple days, come home Carolina on Thursday, Tampa Bay on Saturday, Florida on Sunday. Those are both road games. So they have um, a pretty manageable schedule coming up. Montreal, Carolina, Tampa Bay's tough, and then Florida, um, you know, they are what they are. So the Flyers have three very, which should be easy wins ahead on the schedule. Tampa Bay's going to be a bit of a battle, but they've played them well this year. So we will see what happens. So stay, uh, stick around or stay tuned. Coming up this week, the new episode of Getting Bullied should be uh, coming out Wednesday morning for your drive to work. A very special guest host will be with me and Dan this week. We'll, we'll you'll see who that is coming up uh, in a couple days. So again, follow Getting Bullied at underscore Getting Bullied. Follow myself at Mark Flagman Two Ends, and you can follow phillyisflyer.com on the website right there, or you could check them out on Twitter as well at Philly is Flyer. So strap in, everybody. It's going to be an exciting uh, few hours. It's going to be an exciting, you know, next day to see what goes on in the. NHL trade deadline. Again, don't anticipate the Flyers to do much, but we'll see. So, uh, so I will talk to you all again on your Wednesday drive to work for another jam-packed episode of Getting Bullied. So until then, let's go Flyers. Good night, Sweden.